All right, if you've got a Bible, grab it, open it, turn it on, follow along on screen in your outline or use the Central Church app. Isaiah chapter 38 is where we're going today. This is week number four of our series called Empowered. Um, we've got one more week. We'll, we'll have one more um, week next week. And then um, next Sunday, we're eight weeks away from Christmas. <laughs> Isn't that stupid? Like, I uh, just can't even, I can't even fathom that. Um, anyway, in this series, we've been talking about the role of the Holy Spirit um, in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. And so, um, today's message, uh, today's message looks a little bit different um, from where we've at, where we've been at in, in the book of Acts and the New Testament and, and what we've been um, talking about there. So let me kind of set this up like this. Uh, every single person here knows what it's like to be dealt a curveball in life. Right? What I mean is you've gotten a phone call or an email or a text message that has completely changed the trajectory of your day, your week, um, some of us, even even your life. Now, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but God has a really, really, really unique way um, of getting our attention sometimes when we when we really need him um, or we don't feel like we need him or we're just kind of cruising along. Um, sometimes he gets our attention through people and sometimes God will speak through circumstances or situations. Um, at the end of at the end of last school year, um, we got we got news um, that, that my wife's mom, um, uh, her stepmom, um, was, um, was, was dealing with cancer and, uh, she wasn't going to get better and she just only had a few months, um, to live. And, uh, and it, it was, it was, it was tough because you, we live here and not in Indiana and, and you start kind of thinking about all the things of, how you should have been in different places or, or do different things and blah, blah, blah. So, so we've, we've spent some time this summer, um, going back there and Mary has, has been back, um, a bunch of times. And, um, on Friday, Friday morning, I was, um, actually getting ready to preach. So, so on Fridays, we record the message. You guys know this. We record the message that goes on the internet. Um, we do that on Friday mornings. Um, and so Friday morning, Mary and Jaira um, left to go spend the weekend in Indiana. And um, about 20 minutes before I was to preach the message, um, Mary was, um, she had gotten to Scranton, made a phone call. I was like, hey, how's Jenny doing? And they said, um, oh, she's just resting. And um, she got just before Jefferson and they called her back and said, She's died. And, um, and so it was, it was one of those things that was like expected, but unexpected. Like you, you know, it's going to come and you know, it's going to happen. But, but when it does, it just kind of, it, it just kind of like sucks the air out of you and, and makes you like just really, really think and really question. And, and I'm saying that because I don't know, I don't know what you're personally going through right now. Whether it's something good, whether it's something bad, whether it's something we can celebrate, whether it's something that's tragic. But, but here, here's what I know. God is always speaking. Like, always. Jesus said in the Gospel of John that God is always at work. And so, I believe that God is always speaking. And so often, He speaks through the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so two weeks ago, 
um, I was going to preach this this message, and um, but but I wasn't I wasn't sure that it was like it wasn't ready because I wanted to to fit it into this series, and I wanted to show you how the Holy Spirit works um, through other people and through situations, how we're together, empowered to overcome anything the world throws at us, and um and and it just it just wasn't there. It just didn't it just didn't feel right. And then uh, Thursday, I told John Sampson, I was like, hey, you know, this message I've got, like, for Sunday, I just, I just don't think it's going to be any good. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's the right timing. I don't think it's where it needs to be. And so I'm not sure what I'm going to do on Sunday. Maybe call somebody else to come in and preach or, or do something. Um, but, but I just kept feeling like, I was like, hey, no, 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 no. Let's do this Hezekiah thing. Let's do this Hezekiah thing. Let's do this Hezekiah thing. I'm like, it's not right. I don't understand. And then Friday morning, this happened and, and I, and I began to really see like, man, God, like it's crazy and stupid how you work sometimes and how you move and how you bring things together. Because over the past several months and and years, really in the, in the life of my mother-in-law, I've seen her be faithful to Jesus and when she got cancer the very first time and and she and she beat it and she got past it I mean, her faith never ever ever wavered and i told you last week i taught you about the fruits of the spirit and those things inside of us and and how they and how they come out and how they they give us this this joy and this peace and this patience and this kindness and this goodness and and all of these things and and, and i and i saw those in her, but especially the past several months when she decided like, hey, no more treatments, no more anything. It's just me and God. And so there, there's a story in the Old Testament um, about a king named Hezekiah who ruled in the southern part of the kingdom um, called Judah. And um, by all accounts, he was considered to be a good king. Now, there are three yeah, three separate instances of this particular story in the Old Testament. I'm going to show you the one in the book of Isaiah. All right, I'm going to start in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 1. Um, Isaiah is a prophet who lives during the time of Hezekiah, and, and this is really kind of parallels into maybe what's going on in our lives today. Here we go. Um, verse 1. The Bible says, about that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. Now, I'm super thankful that Isaiah clarified between ill and deathly ill, because some people get ill, and then some people get deathly ill, and then other people just get, uh, sort of sick. They're called men, right, women? And then they got to baby them. Anyway, Isaiah wanted us to know Hezekiah was deathly ill. How deathly ill was he? Watch this. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Now, hold up. Up until this point, Hezekiah was probably thinking, this is going to be okay. Like, nothing's going to be wrong. Yeah, I'm sick, and I'm not feeling the greatest, but I've been sick before. I've been super sick before, and, and I've gotten over it. In fact, Hezekiah was probably thinking, sweet, Isaiah, the prophet, is here, and he's going to speak a word of encouragement to me. He might even put his hands on me and heal me, because in the Old Testament, that's what prophets did. They came, and they spoke words of encouragement. There are records of some of them laying their hands on people and actually healing them. And so Hezekiah probably thought, Isaiah's here to heal me, but Isaiah comes and he says, nope, 
I'm not here for any of that. I'm here to give you a message, though, from the Lord. And Hezekiah is probably like, that's awesome. I want to hear a message from the Lord. Because if we're sick and something's going on and somebody talks to us and, and somebody gives us, like, like that, that's great, right? And he's probably thinking, I need someone to speak a word to me. Isaiah, you got the floor. What does God want to say to me? And this word takes a turn for the worse. Set your affairs in order, for you're going to die. You will not recover from this illness. Now, I'm just going to throw this out here for consideration. At this point, God had Hezekiah's undivided attention. Like, I, I don't know about you, but anytime something tragic happens, like, like, like when something tragic happens, this, this is what happens, um, especially in our country. When something tragic happens, we do one of two things. We either blame God or we turn to him. Right? Like, like those are the only two options. Like, like think about this. Think about, think about 9-11. Every one of us who are alive, September 11, 2001, um, we remember where we were and what we were doing when those planes flew into the building. Right? And, and I remember, I remember very specifically being in a place and people asking, where was God? I'm talking like blaming God for the fact that that tragedy took place. And my first thought was, why does God get blamed for an airplane crash? Like, like when millions of planes land every single year, he doesn't get a single ounce of credit for that. But, but something tragic happens and we want to blame God. Hey God, where were you? Where were you? Where were you? What was going on? Like, why could you, why did you let this happen? But at the, at the same time, God uses situations like this verse right here with what Hezekiah is going through to get our attention. And, and when this, when this isn't what we want to hear, because, because listen, I'm going to tell you, this isn't what Hezekiah wanted to hear. When, when this is something that we don't want to hear, we can either get bitter or we can become students and say, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? Hey, God, this situation isn't good. This isn't great. I'm not super excited about this, but, but what is it you want to speak to me? Like, God, help me to pause for just a second and, and refocus my eyes and put my attention on you. Now, as I'm saying this, there may be somebody here watching, um, and you've got an illness that you can't seem to recover from. Maybe you've got cancer. Maybe you've got a family member that's got cancer, and they're not on the so good, on the good side of it. And, and you've been told by doctors, um, I don't think you're going to recover. Um, I don't think you're going to get better. Or if you do recover, things aren't going to be the same. Maybe there's somebody here and you're wrestling with anxiety. It seems to be the thing that won't go away. You think you got it whipped, and the next time you turn around, you're feeling anxious, worried, and stressed, and you don't think you're going to recover from it. You don't think you're going to get over it. Maybe you feel overwhelmed, and it's the same type of situation. Um, you just don't feel like you're going to get better. Circumstances are kind of flooding. And if that's true, listen, I want to push the pause button and not minimize the hurt and not minimize the pain. And I don't want to minimize the frustration. I just want to ask the question, in the middle of what you're currently going through, could it be that God is trying to get your attention? Like, is the Holy Spirit of God drawing you in? Is God wanting you to focus more in on what he would have for you and not what everybody else around you has for you? Because there was a, a reaction by Hezekiah to this, of, of course. I mean, obviously you get told you're going to die, you're going to react. And so Isaiah tells us in verse 2, when Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Now, now I love this because evidently Hezekiah is facing everyone in the room. Like, he was the king, right? He's going to be looking at everybody. There's, there's got to be tons of people in this room. Like, he's got attendants and, and everything like that. 
But as soon as he gets this information, he can't get out of bed because he's, he's sick. How sick was he? Deathly sick, right? He can't go away to a quiet place. And so he makes the best of the situation. He turns over. In other words, don't miss this. He takes his attention off of everybody else. Takes his attention off of everything else. He turns around, puts his focus on the wall so he can pray to the Lord. So he can take his problem exactly where it needs to be taken, to the Lord. That's where his problem needs to go, to the Lord, not anybody else. Like, like answer this question. Let's say, or think about this. Maybe it's not answer a question. I don't know. Let's say I'm driving down the road today, and I get a flat tire on my Jeep. Like, I ran through a construction site or something. I picked up a nail or, or whatever. I don't, I don't, whatever causes a tire to go flat. I, I don't know. Let's say I have a, a flat tire. I'm going to need to take my, my Jeep somewhere to get my tire fixed, right? I'm going to need to take it to, like, the tire repair garage or something. What, what is that, like? That's what it's called, right? I don't know. Take it to, <laughs> sorry, I'm a little unfocused this morning. You take it to the shop to get it fixed, right? Not the car wash. That, that would be weird, right? If I had a flat tire and I took my Jeep to the car wash to get my tire fixed, that's weird. Like if someone at the, at the car wash said, hey, you got a flat tire, you would say I'm crazy if I said, I know. But instead of dealing with the tire, I'm going to make sure my Jeep is clean. Because maybe if my Jeep is clean, nobody's going to notice the flat tire. That's stupid, right? If I broke my arm, let's say I fell off this stage, which one day is possible with as much as I walk around, right? If I fell off the stage and broke my arm, I wouldn't go to Board Narrows. Now, now Board Narrows is great. They have an awesome meat selection. But if I were to walk into Board Narrows with a broken arm and, and see Tom and say, Tom! I broke my arm. Come in two-inch porterhouse. He'd be like, idiot, what are you doing here? That's exactly how he would talk to me, too. Idiot, what are you doing here? Why are you here for a steak? Go get the problem dealt with. Go get a cast. Come back, and then I'll cook one for you. Uh, that's probably what he would do. Um, the, 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 reason, the reason I use these illustrations is because I think we take, oftentimes, we take our problems to the wrong people. He- Hezekiah had a serious problem here. He's going to die. That's a serious problem, yes or no? Yeah, and it's not like a doctor told him he was going to die. God told him he was going to die. Instead of, and so instead of putting his focus on all the people that were there to take care of him, instead of seeking their advice, he seeks God. Now, l- let me say this, all right? You, you got to hear this because I believe we need the help of God and the help of others to make it through life. And so we absolutely should seek godly advice of people that we know love Jesus and love us. We, we should seek godly advice. But we should do that after we do this, after we take it to the Lord, after we take this problem, this tragedy, this situation, this anxiety, this depression, this addiction. We personally take it to the Lord on our own. Because turning our back, don't, don't miss this, turning our back for just a little while on people is sometimes good. L- listen, I know there are a lot of people that want to give us godly advice. And there are a lot of people that, that can give us some great advice. But if we haven't heard from God, that, 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 that's who we got to go to first. Because it's God who's trying to get our attention. And, and listen, um, I, I know I shouldn't say this, but it needs to be said. We don't need to go to social media. I'm not, I'm not going to go down that road today. It's like another message for another time. Did, did you know you don't have to live your lives on social media? Did you guys know that? Anyway, um, there are, listen, there are some very well-meaning people out there 
that want to speak into our lives. And I'm not saying, once again, I'm not saying we shouldn't allow them to speak into our lives. I'm saying often, and, and I'm guilty of this, all right? So I'm preaching to Ryan right now. Often, we skip this step right here. We skip the step of, hey, God, I, I really need to talk to you about what I'm going through. Because at the end of the day, it's God trying to get our attention. Not anybody else, it's God. And, and maybe he's trying to get our attention, not because he wants to beat us down, but because he wants to build us up. Because watch this. this. This story takes a fascinating turn, verse 3. Remember, O Lord, how I've always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and went bitterly. Now, I was looking at this last week, and I was thinking, was he really that good? Like, like really? Like, was he really? Because while I've had some good moments, I haven't always been very good, right? And you're the same way. Like we've done some great things and we've had some awesome moments, but we haven't always been that good. And so I don't think Hezekiah right here is saying, God, you know, um, I don't understand why I'm going through this because I've always been 100% faithful. I, I think he's saying, God, you know what? I've tried. I've always given you my best effort. I really have tried because none of us. None of us, nobody here right now knows anyone who's always been 100% faithful and served single-mindedly, always doing what pleases God. Like, I've never had anybody to say, hey, Ryan, um, I'm, I'm wrestling with something. I'm struggling with something. What are you, what are you struggling with? I'm, I'm always pleasing God, and I don't know how to stop. <laughs> like, I've never had anybody say that to me, because all of us have struggles, and we understand that. We all have struggles because we all sin. We're, we're all sinners. That's, that's all of us. But what he's saying right here, what Hezekiah is saying, is, is God, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was giving you my best effort. I, I thought I was doing more right things than, than wrong things. He, he's, he's being real and he's being honest with God. And, and this is where it gets even more real. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I kind of I gotta cry easy sometimes. Uh, and, and sometimes I don't even know why. Like, like sometimes I cry. I remember the first movie I ever cried at. Old Yeller. Old Yeller. How many of you seen that movie? Yeah. If you do not cry when that little boy shoots that dog, you are heartless. And you need Jesus. So, like, that's like the worst thing ever when he's gotta go kill his dog. Um, and so things like that, like, like it's, it's, it's stupid. But it's things like that that just that just cause us, and, and and we get emotional. Sometimes, sometimes I cry watching American America's Got Talent. I don't not not at the funny stuff. I probably cry laughing so hard at the funny stuff that happens. But you know they do those they tie those little inspirational stories in there and stuff. And then you watch those. I don't even watch. I don't even watch it anymore because it's stupid. But but this is this is different. This is different, what's going on here. Isaiah wants us to know that Hezekiah is so broken over this. This isn't just a, an emotional cry. He's absolutely broken. And, and don't miss this. He's not bitter. He's broken. There, there's a difference. Because I don't know about you, but, but I have a tendency sometimes when things don't go my way to get bitter. And, and he's not bitter. He's broken. And I believe that comes from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Those fruits that we talked about last week inside of us. That's manifesting themselves inside of us and coming out of it. Because he's basically saying, okay, God, 
All right, you, you've got my attention. And, and it takes peace to be able to get to that point. And maybe, maybe for somebody here today, the step you need to take in this message is just to get by yourself like Hezekiah. Maybe focus your, 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 your attention on, on God and say, okay, God, you got my attention. Now what? And, and don't tell him what you need. All right. And, and because he, he's got it. Don't, don't tell him what he's got to do. Cause I'm going to show you in just a second. He's going to provide way more than what we need to begin with. Just say, God, you got my attention. You got my attention. Now what? What is my next step? God, you've got my attention. What is it that you want me to do? Because it goes on to say this, um, it gets way crazy. Verse four. This is the message. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. So Isaiah is given another message. Um, and, and, and he's, he's walking away. We find out from another passage that he's given this message to Hezekiah. It's probably not the greatest message he's ever delivered. And, and he sees him turn over and everybody's probably freaking out. And Isaiah's like, I don't, I don't even know what to do here anymore. I'm not, I'm not the right pastor to be on this hospital visit. And so I gave the message. I'm turn around. I'm a walk out. And so we, we see in another passage, one of the other stories, he's not even out of this courtyard yet. And God speaks again to Isaiah and says, Hey, you need to go back into Hezekiah and you need to tell him something else for me. And so it says this, go back to Hezekiah and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor, David says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. Now, now this right here is good news, right? And it doesn't always happen this way, but, but this right here is, is good news. And, and it makes me think and wonder and, and ask the question, what was happening between the time when Hezekiah was praying and Isaiah getting out into the courtyard and then turning around and coming back? Now, this is pure speculation, but this is what I believe. And I, and I believe I believe this because of the totality of scriptures, and I believe this from being in ministry for like 20 years. I would be willing to bet that Hezekiah is laying on that bed, focused on the wall, pouring his heart out to God. Now, wouldn't you think, as he's doing that, that that would be an incredible time for the enemy to attack? I think this would be a perfect time for the enemy just kind of moving and say, hey, um, Hezekiah, hey, man, how's that God thing going for you now? You've been faithful. You've done all this stuff. You, 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 you say that you've served single-mindedly. You say you've done all this stuff. Hey, man, do you realize you just wasted all your time? All this time you spent giving your life serving God, you wasted it. Hey, Hezekiah, you're dying, dog. How's that working out for you now? And the reason I know that phrase probably popped in, into his mind, that how's this working out for you, that you've wasted your time, is because it's popped into my mind before. It's probably popped into yours as well. It pops into our minds whenever we go through something bad. And when I say something bad, I'm not talking about we went to Bordenero's for lunch and we couldn't find a parking spot on Adams Street. We had to drive around the block 15 times, right? That's not something bad. I'm just speaking hypothetically. It's okay to park in the parking lot, Ryan. You need to walk, right? I'm not, I'm not talking about that kind of bad. I'm talking about something tragic, something awful. Something we didn't see coming. And the enemy hits us with, hey, you know what? You just wasted all of that time, all of that energy that you put forth with a relationship with God. How's that working out for you? All of us have wrestled with this. All of us. And Hezekiah wrestled with it. Just like I'm sure some of you are wrestling with it right now. I'm sure he probably said, hey, Hezekiah, 
Not only have you wasted time, but you're useless. You're worthless. At one point, you used to be a good king, but look at you now, all sick, laying up on your bed, crying to the wall, snotting all over yourself. You are worthless. You are a fool. You are useless. Nobody wants anything to do with you. Some of us wrestle with that too. Because of what we did, or because of what's been done to us. Maybe something we did last week, something we did last night, something that happened 5, 10, 15 years ago. Because the world, right, the, the, the world has a way of trying to strip the worth off of us and make us feel completely useless. And, 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 and maybe that's what's going on with Hezekiah. Maybe he's getting attacked. And, and maybe, and this is another big one, this is one that we've all wrestled with. Some of us wrestle with this one as well. Maybe he hit him with this one. Hey, Hezekiah, not only are you worthless, not only are you useless, Not only have you wasted all of your time, but hey, Hezekiah, God doesn't even care about you. I mean, let's be honest, Hezekiah. I mean, I'm just saying, if God cared about you so much, why would you be sick in bed? Hey, Hezekiah, only bad people get sick. Only wicked people get sick. So you're either bad or wicked or God's just some cosmic cruel jokester who's playing a prank on you. I mean, if God really cared about you, why would you be sick? And maybe some of you, maybe some people watching, maybe you've been told that. Maybe somebody shared that with you and you're convinced that because of what you're going through, God doesn't care about you. Somebody told you or some church taught you that if he cared about you, you wouldn't be where you are in life. If he cared about you, you wouldn't have cancer. If he cared about you, you wouldn't have depression and anxiety. If he cared about you, what happened to you when you were a kid, when no one else was around, would have never happened to you. If he really cared about you, then what you're going through wouldn't be happening to you. And and, and listen, listen, listen. Those are legit questions. They are. And, And I'm sure that he got hit with all of those while he's laying there in his bed. But but let's go back to this verse for a second and and let's look at it. And I, I want to show you something. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestors, David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. Which, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to know how many years I had left. Like, that's, that's just not me. Um, but, but don't miss this. This is huge. Scholars believe... That, so in the Bible, numbers have significance, right? And so the number 15 is the number of rest. And so what God is communicating to Hezekiah is, hey man, I'm going to give you 15 more years. But not just 15 years of life, 15 restful years. You're not going to have to worry about some of the things that you're worried about right now. Hezekiah, I'm going to give you 15 years of rest get more back into what he's dealing with in a second. But this rest right here, this reminds me of, of call waiting. All right. And, and, and some of us, some of us, we remember original call waiting. Remember that? Remember the, the landlines? You guys remember this long, long time ago? You had a call. You didn't know who was on the other line because you didn't have caller ID. And so if somebody called, it would beep in. You'd be like, hey, hold on, man. I got somebody on the other line. Now, now we see it on our cell phones, right? We can see, we can determine whether we're going to send them a text message or just slide them, slide over and they're going to know we send them a voicemail or whatever. But back then, you had to say, hold on, 
Hold on, I'm getting another call. And you go to the other, t- the other line. And if the person on the other line was more important than the person you were talking to, you could switch back over and say, hey, I got to go. It's so-and-so. Or you just wouldn't switch back over ever. You just kind of leave them there until they hung up. And then you would hear the like, the, 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 and I think it may sound like that. That's the best one I got. It would, it would make that sound and you would know that they would hang up. And then you know when call waiting happened again, it was them calling you. And you could just, this is a little guilty confession right here. I've heard stories. Um, and that you would never like pick back up. Like that's, that's what you would do. Hang on. I'm getting into the call. Hang on. I'm getting, we, we do the same thing now, I, I guess. Um, but, but I like to think now when I read the Bible, you know, this, I read it a little funky. I like to think that's what's happening here in this story. Hezekiah is being attacked. He's being attacked by the enemy and he's being told he's worthless. He's being told he's wasted his time. He's been told God doesn't care. But all of a sudden Hezekiah or Isaiah walks back in the room and Hezekiah has to tell the enemy, hey, hang on a minute, I'm getting another call. Like I hear what you're saying. Like I hear you tearing me down. But see, the man of God who delivered the bad news just walked back into the room and he's smiling. So I'm pretty sure he's in here to deliver some good news. And so, hey, devil, I'm going to have to put you on hold. In fact, I ain't even going to switch back over to you because all you're going to do is tear me down. And the man of God is here with a message from God to build me up. And so I'm going to hear what he has to say. Bye. And because he refused to listen to the enemy... Because he focused and put his attention on God, he learned he's not going to die. God said, I have heard your prayer and I have seen your tears. See, this is what I think moved the heart of God. I think because Hezekiah got so real with him, he didn't fake it. He, he didn't say, oh God, I just found out and I'm so happy with the news and I'm going to die. Hezekiah got real. He got alone with God. And I believe that moved the heart of God. And, and the man of God, the prophet, came back into his room and delivered him good news. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit of God in us will tell us, you're not worthless. You're not useless. You have not wasted your time. God is going to bless you. God is not going to curse you. The best is yet to come for those who are in Christ. Listen, even if we have to walk through hell... Heaven is on the way. That's the truth. That's the reality. I know sometimes life will beat us down. I know sometimes life beats the hell out of us. But the, the, the Holy Spirit inside of us empowers us to walk through even the darkest times. So don't let anything in your life that you're going through right now discourage you from putting your eyes on Jesus. Because putting our eyes on Jesus is actually what's going to get us through this thing that we think is going to kill us. Look what happened to Hezekiah. I'm going to give you 15 more years, 15 more restful years. You're not going to die. That's cool. Now, there's one more thing I need to include here. This is really awesome. As I said at the beginning, Hezekiah is the king um, of the southern part of the, of the kingdom um, called Judah. And, and one of their biggest fears was being invaded um, by the kingdom in the north called Assyria. The Syrians had already taken over the northern kingdom of Israel, and the southern kingdom was in danger of getting taken over as well. And, and so Hezekiah knew, dang it, now i got to deal with these guys for 15 more years. Like, like I, I get to live for 15 more years, but there's still an enemy that wants to come in and wants to take us all over. And, and, and look what... Look what God does. This is so cool. All Hezekiah did was pour his heart out to God. All he said was, hey, God, 
I've given you my best shot. He, he got real. He got honest. And this is what the Bible tells us in verse 6. And I will rescue you in this city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend this city. Here's what's crazy. Hezekiah didn't even ask for that. In fact, Hezekiah didn't even ask God, Hey God, would you change your mind about me dying? Hezekiah just took a moment. Just took a moment. Turned his back on everything for the purpose of just getting along with God and pouring his heart out. And because he was so real and so raw in that moment. See, see we've been taught that we're supposed to be fake when we approach God. I, I remember being told, don't ask God questions. Don't ask God questions. Don't question God. Look at what happened to Job. Um, I'm pretty sure all the stuff that happened to Job has happened before he has got a single question. And, and I'm pretty sure that God's not threatened by our questions. In fact, I think God welcomes them. I think God wants us to be real. I think God wants us to be honest. Hezekiah got real. And Hezekiah got so real and so raw and so vulnerable in that moment. I believe he moved the heart of God. I believe that still happens today. And, and, and God moves back into his life and says, you know what? Not only am I going to heal you, I'm going to give you something you didn't even ask for. Something you could have never even come up with on your own. The reason I'm saying that, and the reason I think it's important to point out, is maybe God's trying to get your attention. Maybe the reason God's trying to get your attention is to refocus your thoughts, your mind. And maybe he's doing it not because he's trying to take something away, but because he's trying to give you more than you could ever ask or imagine. I know some of you might be in a situation where you're asking, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I, I, just don't, I just don't understand, God, do you care? Like, what, what's going to happen? But I want you to hear me. The Bible says the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of each one of us. And, and so listen, we're always going to go through it. I, I, that sucks. I get it. I understand. We're always going to go through tough times. But because of the Holy Spirit inside of us, we're going to be better on the other side of it than we were before we went in. So even though you might not be in an ideal situation right now, I know something better is coming. I know something better for our church is coming. I, I believe with all my heart, something better for you is coming. And so just take this time, no matter what you're going through, don't get bitter. Don't start looking for everybody else's opinion right now. Just take some time. Get alone with God. Pour your heart out to him. Not being fake, but being real. And watch him take the mess that you're in right now and, and somehow, somehow, in his way, in his time, turn it into a miracle. Because that's what God does through the power of his Holy Spirit.